Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Welcome Matt Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Hey, it's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night. Um, what a wonderful week it's been. I'm so proud of everyone for getting through another one. Yep. Congratulations, Dory. Congratulations, Matt. Yeah, I did it. With, uh, nope, that's an updated invitation. And this is the podcast rundown. Um, you finished another week of work. I did. I got through that. Now you have a week off. Yep, I got a week. Uh, a week. You know. Oh fuck! I have a table read tomorrow. Anyway, yeah, a week off, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, how am I going to remember to do that? Uh, there's a thing called a calendar. I literally forgot about it until just now. Um, anyway, yeah, so I got, you know, I'm sure there will be 
production meetings, tone meetings, uh, obviously table read, table read, uh, let's see, 1.30 p.m. I'll just keep this open somewhere over here. Okie dokie. That's how I remember. I keep the email open. Oh, boy. Um, you know, they say that people with ADHD need to, like, develop systems. Is that a system? Did I develop it? I don't know. Does it work? TBD. Uh, right. Don't exactly. think it does. Yeah. I had an old system of keeping uh, emails I wanted to reply to unread. Um, so I'm at 107,000 emails that are unread. Mm. 107,519. Yeah, that's not a good system. Okay. But I know how many emails I have. <laughs> so. Okay. What does that tell you? You have a lot of unread emails. Yes, I do. That's what that tells me. Um. Anyway, what's going on? What's 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 new in in the hood? In my hood? Yep. Um. Well, Holly's last day was Friday. It was indeed. Uh, the only friend Henry's ever known has moved on to bigger and better things. Well, he did. He he has had a couple of playground friends. One of which I don't count them. He we had a we had a holiday card from, and he would like gaze at him longingly. Yes, which made me very sad. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, Holly's been with us since he was like born, two weeks old or something. So he he definitely was very bonded to her. Yeah, absolutely. And he did look at her photo today for like a good 30 seconds and then placed it face down on the (laughs) dining room table. (laughs) Uh, Um, I got a photo of her and him and her dog, Molly, who came to work every day, who Henry really bonded with also. Yeah, he likes a smaller dog. Um. And I put in a frame for him and one for her, so they would have the same photo. Yeah, very sweet. And he's been intrigued by it, I would say. Yeah, he does, you know, he's passing his stop and stares. Yeah. He's got a lot of stop and stares. I mean, he likes photos. Like We have a a, a credenza with some framed photos on it, and he always, like, stops and looks at them. Mm -hmm. So... He really has been staring at the 2015 Disney trip quite a bit. Mm. Like that, 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 that little collage mm-hmm. he stares at. I wonder if he recognizes us. He must. Yeah. I mean, if I have a beard in it, it's pretty hard not to recognize me. Yeah. You look exactly the same. Wonder if he's confused by the two children he's never met in there, even though he has met them, but he was, you know, not even one. Yeah, he was five months old. Yeah, we went to Oh my Boston. gosh. Isn't that cray? That is cray cray. Um, you're just, you know, you're just missing so many, so many things. I didn't even realize it until just this evening when I was watching uh, videos. This guy on YouTube called The Carpetbagger, he does travel videos, usually road trip stuff. Anyway, he's in Las Vegas and then he was at the arcade in... I don't remember which casino it was. Probably New York, New York. And uh, I was just looking at all the little arcade cars, you know? Mm -hmm. You put a quarter or whatever in and the car goes like this. Mm. Henry would love that. Yeah. He's never been on one. No. 
Oh my god. <laughs> what else is he missing out on? I mean, besides everything. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like besides everything. I try not to think about it because it's it's too depressing. You try. I mean, look. I mean, he's been to an aquarium in his life, right? When? I don't know. He didn't go to an aquarium. I don't remember. <laughs> in the before time. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but there's a lot out there for him. Which, maybe that's the age to introduce people to things. You know? Post-pandemic. <laughs> sure. That that seems like it's the age. Uh, what else is going on here? Boy, I'm a little like, I forgot about that table read until you talked about me being off work. Does that, does that throw a wrench in your plans? A little bit, yeah. I've got a lot of work to do before Wednesday. So... Who, who knows? Okay. Will I get it done? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> um, I have the final like pass of my book to turn in. Yeah. To turn it in by next Thursday. This is post copy edit. Correct. This is like formatted. Like it looks like it will look in the book. And when... Do you, like, what kind of changes can you make at that point? You're really not supposed to make many changes. Yeah. And they say if you make too many changes that you get charged. Probably for, like, some, like, ink maybe. Well, I think, you know, they've gone through production and, like, they've laid out the book. They know how many pages it is. Like, if you start adding, like, a chapter. How many pages is it, honey? It's 304 pages. That is a exclusive. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. It's true. I'm excited. Oh, 300. That's good. I think that that's a good memoir length. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking yeah. it would be like 270. So 300 feels good. That's meaty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the pages are small. What? But it's 304 pages. What do you mean the pages are small? I mean, it's not like one of those huge books with like uh, tons of small print. Your hand is like a top. You're holding out like a Toshin sized book. <laughs> no one thought it would be a Toshin sized book. You know, I just, I read a memoir recently. Someone was on the podcast and it felt like her, her pages were large and her print was very small and like very, like spaced very close together. Like her, her pages felt denser with type, I suppose. Gotcha. Um, and mine feel like normal. Like I was reading another book recently and I was like, oh, I think this is what my book will look like. I like, you know, I like the traditional, you know, I like a, I like a hardcover that's about this, this thick. I think, I think it'll be about that thick. Yeah. I know you guys can't see how thick he's. But about this thick. But you know. Yeah. You, you get the idea. Um, will yeah. Be, will it be that thick? I don't know what you're pointing to. Pointing to that prop. Oh, no. Prop cookbook. I mean, it could be if we if we put like three words on each page. Okay. I can see what they can do. Um, that's exciting. I wonder what the runtime is going to be. Well, they they have it. Like if you look on, if you look it up like on Audible or whatever yeah. or at Amazon, it says seven hours, but like they've clearly just made that up because I have not recorded the audiobook yet. Yeah. But maybe they just, I, I assume they can do quite a bit of uh, guesstimating. Right, based on like number of words and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, based on the average of all audiobooks. So supposedly seven hours. 
That's, a, you, that's a solid. That's a solid audio book. Is there link. any part of you that wants to pay Matt Berry to read it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that would be just, I think, the right thing to do. Well, I think there should be like a director's cut of your book. Yes, with that Matt is Berry. Just somebody else reading it. That is Matt Berry just reading like a chapter of his choice. Um, it'll be interesting. Like Chuck Klosterman's last book he read. Which he had not really done before. Mm, that is interesting. And I was like, what is this? Is this like some other... I thought, oh, is this like a revenue stream now for authors? I mean, you do get paid a little bit more. Yeah. But it's not like substantial. And you get you get the royalties from your audiobook anyway, whether or not right. you read them or not, you read it or not. I don't think you get like a performance royalty. Will there be any words... That you deliberately pronounce in a in a in an accent. I'll probably say schedule. Okay, <laughs> that's a real question, though. That uh, I pronounce in an accent. Like I assume at some point you have dialogue from your father. Um, no, I don't you, think you, there's actual dialogue. Oh, really? In the entire book? Yeah, that's interesting. Is that interesting? I don't know. Am I imagining that that's a thing? I mean, he's... Maybe a, I'm just reading out. I read novels. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was really hoping you'd throw on a very thick Israeli accent. I describe his accent, but there's not like... I don't think there's like actual dialogue with him. Uh, is there dialogue in the book? Yes. Oh, okay. Should I, I do an accent for you? Yes. Matt Berry's accent. Yeah. Okay. Fire the nuclear <laughs> weapon. <laughs> Up periscope. Uh, uh, if you're all not watching Toast of London on Netflix, you're missing out. Sure, it's a show that hasn't been made in five years and there's <laughs> three six-episode seasons, but worth your time. But you should get ready for... Um, Toast of Hollywood. Toast of Tinseltown. Oh, sorry. Toast of Tinseltown. Come on. I really hope Ed comes back and Harry Peacock is, is Ray Purchase. Mm. Love to see Ray Purchase in, in Hollywood. I mean, I just feel like his, his eyes would like bug out of his head. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, He'd like go to all the agencies expecting to get meetings. I, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to what they do with that. We'll see. Uh what else is new? We are almost done with season two of what we do in the shadows. Speaking of Matt Barry, your Matt Barry minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the last week I've watched all of the IT crowd. He has. Four seasons plus a, uh, an hour long episode. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of watching. They're six episodes a season. <laughs> Oh, England. How does, like, how how do actors and writers make money with six episode seasons? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just go do a bunch of seasons of things in a year. Mm. I don't know. I was listening to, I was on, watching one of the featurettes on the Toast DVD and they, the director was talking about working on it for six months and I was like, that's a long time. I mean, I guess prep and then shooting it, but that's half a year gone on a six episode thing. And, you know, 
we go August. Let's see. We go August to. We do six months. We do twenty-two episodes. Oh my god! <laughs> so I mean, but you're not subsidized by the government. Nor were they. That's Channel Four. Mm, okay, take it back. <laughs> they will be though. Toast of Tinseltown, season four of Toast is going to be on the BBC. Oh well, well, well. Wow. No one cares about this. I don't know why I go on and on about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, everyone. Alrighty. Hope you're all enjoying WandaVision. Uh, Number one show in the world. Is it? Yeah. But like Netflix doesn't release real numbers. So how do That's they know Netflix, that? That's not Netflix. It's Disney Plus. Oh, sorry. Disney Plus. Does traffic. Disney Plus? What does that mean? Internet traffic. It crashed. It, 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 like, it, apparently, it like crashed Disney's Disney Plus servers the other night. Do you think that's true? Or do you think they're just putting that out as like PR? No, I think I heard that from somebody mm. who tried to watch it. Couldn't. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, isn't there some sort of streamy award thing? Like some sort of like where you could go find that information out? No, no one has like real figures. That's well, the thing. That's the thing about streaming. I guess I could I'll type WandaVision ratings and I don't know what I don't know what that will give me. Nothing. Oh, that'll just give me review. Mm. Breaks into Nielsen's top ten streaming ranking rankings. This was February twelfth. Disney Plus's reality warping WandaVision was one of the ten most watched original streaming shows platforms the week of its debut, according to Nielsen estimates. See, okay, so that's how that works. Nielsen estimates it. <laughs> Which like so for the week is meaningless. Eleventh, Shonda Rhimes was uh, number one with her program, and then Cobra Kai, Night Stalker. Oh, I see. I see. The show came in at number six, notching an estimated four hundred and thirty-four million minutes watched over the first three days. What? That's how they do it. They do it by minutes. Hmm. That's an interesting. How do you know? How do they know? Very curious about that. Just uh, number six movie was still was Frozen 2. Wow. 160 million minutes streamed. Hmm. All right. Well, listen, before we take a break, we just want to remind you that you can join our Facebook group. It's not ours. It's the Facebook group for the podcast where people discuss anything related to infertility generally at facebook.com slash groups slash excellent adventure. Yes. We do have a Patreon where you can get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellent adventure. And we love to get emails and voicemails and texts from you. So you can email us at dorianmatt at gmail.com, mattanddorygmail.com. You can email us a voice memo at those email addresses. You can call or text us at 413-461-BABY. According to this Forbes report, Disney Plus looks to have a second successful original with WandaVision uh, rising to the status of number one series worldwide. According to Parrot Analytics, the audience attention measurement that captured audience behavior data set by sifting through social media (laughs) I mean, like, this is all made up. It is all made up. It's very made up. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, 
Sure, number one show worldwide. Like probably. I mean, look at here's what I would say. Probably, but like they don't actually know. Disney Plus, you know, they were trying to get like what was in the first five years they wanted to get ninety million subscribers. I don't know. And they already they hit that like with the Mandalorian or something. I don't know. Whatever. <sighs> that was your streaming minute. We'll be right back. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know uh, stripes on the top of it. it's like oh hey look at me i'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person they've got those too and they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff you know if for all you frill seekers out there folks all i'm saying is you heard me talk about bombas for years now i don't know why you haven't done anything about it get comfy this spring and give back with bombas Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. All right, we're back over off the streaming desk. Now on to the infertility desk. So what news do we have? Well, we got a follow up from Jessica who wrote us last week on the eve of her induction. Do you remember her? Yes, I do. 
Uh, she wrote, hi, Matt and Dory. Thanks for reviewing newborn sleep on your last episode. It was helpful as I navigate it with my little one. As a follow-up, since I wrote on the eve of my induction, we had a baby girl, Savannah. The induction did not work, so we ended up with a C-section. Sounds I'm, familiar. Yep. I'm recovering well. Savannah is a little over a week old, and my husband and I are adjusting and learning as best we can, but are loving our little girl. Thanks again for your podcast and helping to educate me on the IVF process, which resulted in our little blessing. Your podcast was a huge influence. Best, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. For thanking Dory. And you. I don't, I don't, it's okay. You don't have to thank me. Okay. Um, Today it's all about you, honey. What? Because you have a 300 and some odd page book coming. Thank you. That you, that you, that was also induced by your publisher. <laughs> and had to have an emergency C-section. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right. So we got some more emails about like DNA fragmentation, varicocele stuff. Yeah. Which has been kind of an ongoing topic of hot, conversation. Hot topic. For the last few weeks. That's some hot sperm. This is from, well, that's probably part of the problem. The sperm's too hot. Hot sperm topic. Um, this is from Allison. Responding to the egg signal about DNA fragmentation testing, I'm pretty sure I went to the same Minneapolis clinic as the listener who wrote in. My RE there also refused to do DNA fragmentation testing on my husband, even though I had three cycles where I got 20 to 40 eggs and ended up with only one crappy quality blastocyst each time. She said that it was pointless since they couldn't do anything about it. About it. There's actually a procedure called PIXI that helps with sperm DNA fragmentation. Is this like pick like a P on top of ICSI? Correct. Oh, okay. But few U.S. clinics do it. I stuck with this clinic for three awful cycles because I had to do the full three cycles to get my money back via Attain. Then I switched to CCRM in Denver, a.k.a. Lone Tree, and got four decent quality blastocysts in one retrieval there. better than where we were going to go. Mm-hmm. Better than three cycles at my Minneapolis clinic. Two of them are my twins, who will be three in April. I chose the CCRM mothership in Colorado over the CCRM in, a, in Edina, a Minneapolis suburb. Because I wanted to be at the main clinic, but I've heard fabulous things about the, I think it's Adina, not Adina, CCRM. Okay. So the listeners should definitely check them out. By the way, CCRM in Colorado does do Pixie and routinely test for DNA fragmentation, but it ended up not being an issue for us. So I don't have any more advice on that front. Allison with a husband, almost three-year-old twin boys, and a grumpy old dog in the Minneapolis suburbs. Uh, I'm glad to hear that your CCRM experience was better. Yeah, it sounds like it was much better. <laughs> I would say, well, I mean, what's the math on that? Was it, let's see. She got four great blastocysts in one cycle versus three crappy blastocysts in three cycles. Sounds like a 400% increase. Just sounds. In, in good blastocysts. So much better. Thank you, Allison, for sharing. Well, wait. So what did they do differently regarding this, the husband's sperm? She doesn't say, since it says, she does say that DNA fragmentation ended up not being an issue. She doesn't say what CCRM did differently. Whoa. Yeah. I probably just had better protocols. Yeah. That's intriguing, actually. Well, and I think they have a really good lab. I'm interested now. <laughs> we, that ship has sailed, my friend. Where'd it go? It's too late. Why? why we're, we're dying? I'm, I'm, all, I'm 43. So? And your sperm is not good. And you've ref you've thus far refused to do anything to improve CCRN. it. CCRN. I improved it like a gajillion percent that one time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, continue. <laughs> All right. 
This is from Lacey. I like that I've been, I told you this three years ago, but it oh, took. Dory Shafrir, please. Let's not, let's recall the CCRM discussion. Uh-huh. It was pre-Henry. Uh-huh. And we said, you you had called them without telling me mm-hmm. and set up some sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I An said, informational call. Sure. And I said, why don't we put the embryo that we have in mm-hmm. and see if that You takes. did. Yes, you now did. Now we have that. Henry. Yes, we do. And that was our plan. Yep. That was our plan. So don't run around being like, well, the, sh- the CCRM ships. Sail- well, it sailed because we have a-, a sleeping baby right now. We do. He is sleeping. He's all cuddled up against his stuffed animal. Yeah. You know, don't you love the way he only lets me read four pages of one book now? <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but he's just like, he's like so... He's a tyrant. He's a tyrant. <laughs> he's a bedtime tyrant. <laughs> we used to have this really lovely bedtime where he would sit on my lap, but Matt would read the books. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden he decided that only Mama could read It wasn't the books. all of a sudden. It was... It, I, well, I can tell you exactly what led to it. It was COVID... And then I disappeared and went back to work. Oh, and I'd been doing... And you had been doing all of the reading. Right. And then he got into this routine mm-hmm. for a whopping three weeks. Mm-hmm. And now only lets me read the book where I tickle him. Yeah, it's the four... Which Rye's like, don't even tickle babies. Yeah. <laughs> it's the four pages of Oink, Oink, Moo. He likes you to start with the frog. I gotta start with the frog saying rivet, which is, thank you, Henry. It's two more pages than I used to get to read. That's true. Because <laughs> he started me a little earlier. Yeah. He's like, he liked the warm he likes, up. He likes the lead up. <laughs> like he really likes to get the frog and the, uh, the, the mouse. cow. The frog, the mouse, and the cow. And then the bird. And the bird. But as soon as the bird is over. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he takes, takes, him, he takes, takes the book away. Hands. I tried to get, I tried to let him. It's uh, funny because like in the morning, if I get him, you know. He'll let you he'll read hand me a book him. and I'll read yeah. him whatever the hell he wants yeah. to read. But at bedtime. <laughs> but at nighttime, his 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 you know I don't know if it's just like a day of, of of having to listen to us, and then he's like, well, now it's my turf, and you got to do what I say. You read this, not you, you. <laughs> I tried to let him. I tried to have him let Matt read Corduroy tonight. It used to be my jam, and he was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope. He I, grabbed it. Even after I opened the book to the first page, he was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and like threw it into my hand. <laughs> yep. You read this. He doesn't read this. Anyway. It makes me sad, but I think it's just. I think a, it's funny. It's like a phase, like yeah, everything I really, else. I don't, I don't, I don't really think anything of it. Okay, good. I think I do, I do think it's. You seemed slightly sad about it. Well, so then I was I'm sad only about sad it. about it in the sense that, like tonight, for instance, when we were putting him to bed, and I have nothing to do, and I'm just like, mm. I like almost fell asleep. Yeah, you did. A couple. I mean, I would say my today's today. I have done some very quick sitting down sleeping. You have. You've taken some <laughs> like real cat suddenly, naps. All that you know. I used to think about you know. I used to watch my dad nap and I'd go, I don't know how he does it. Doesn't he's not even his head isn't even against a pillow. He's just sitting and he can nap. I don't know how that's possible. I need a whole setup to nap. 
And then like today I fell asleep in a chair outside. <laughs> then I fell asleep in a chair inside. Then I fell asleep on a day bed while we were reading to our son. <laughs> I fell asleep in here, I believe, also. Well, that might have been yesterday. I don't remember. Um Yeah, I got really I don't know. I just like I'm well, I'm tired. That's I do know that. Yeah. First couple days after a hiatus, after a three after a shooting block, it's like your body just like is like, well, you better get up at five fifty anyway, right? For no reason. <laughs> so like today, I went out and watched some TV in the morning, and I'm I'm, I'm excited to get out of bed. Usually because I'm uncomfortable and it's hot, and then I'm like, I can get out of bed and. Be more comfortable. <laughs> is that a weird thing? Wow. Okay. Um, this is from Lacey. My husband and I started our IVF journey three years ago when I was 32. He was 29. After two years of trying on our own, after we did, we both did our initial testing with our RE, we found out my husband had a low sperm count of 5 million. He met with a reproductive urologist who suggested he had a, have a bilateral varicocelectomy. He had the surgery in June 2018 where they essentially tied off specific veins that restored blood flow to his testicles. We waited three months to have a semen analysis again. And after the surgery, his sperm counts went up almost 75% from 5 million to 19 million. In February 2019, when we did our first egg retrieval, we we retrieved nine eggs, seven mature, all seven fertilized, and ended up with three PGS normal embryos. I think the varicocele surgery had a large partner success of better sperm quality and higher fertilization rate. So all in all, I do think it was worth the six month wait. I knew we would most likely end up going the IVF with ICSI path, but I do think it helped greatly in our success rate. Our first transfer in May, 2019 was a success and gave us our now 14 month old Henry. Nice name. We go back for transfer number two this week. I cannot say enough how much I love the community you have created with this podcast and Facebook group. It has made me realize we are not alone in this journey together. Thank you for creating this outlet and keeping up with the podcast. Thanks, Lacey, in 2,600 square feet in Houston. Zero hot dogs consumed in 2021. Fun fact, I was eating a Sonic corn dog yesterday while listening to Patreon, where you discussed corn dogs are not a part of the hot dog count. Correct. P.S. I'm the Patreon supporter who keeps writing in with Goldberg names to see if Matt will read it and get distracted, and it gives me life. So far, he has noticed two of them and stopped mid-sentence. Jackie Geary on August 12th, 2018. Uh-huh. Whoa, that's a character on the Goldbergs. Yeah. Episode 97. Dana Caldwell, 2821. Whoa, that could be the real Dana Caldwell from Philly, episode 314. That's true. I did, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So. That's I mean, pretty funny. Keep them coming. I love that she's I doing that. I bet you. Wait, have I missed any? I mean, it sounds like you might have. Oh, that's, she that's says very curious. You've noticed two of them. Oh, boy. Oh, maybe I haven't been the one reading. Oh, that's possible. And then it sort of just didn't trigger. That's interesting. I like this game. Now you'll have to look for them. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the rest of this game. Um, All right. Here's a fun fact for you, listener who enjoys the show. So years ago, I would say during season two or three, there was a charity auction. Um to have a character on the Goldbergs named uh, after you. So it was like, uh, and the auction was to benefit sick 
it was some something. It was a, be- a benefit for a disease. And the person that won was William Vanica. That's the name. And I'm not I'm not kidding. We tried so many times from season four through. God, I think finally in season six, the name lived. Like, William Vanica did so many wacky things, they ended all, like, all got cut for time. Oh, no. So, but it was like a, this, like, this, it became like, like a running joke. Like a running joke in the writer's room of, like, naming this person William Vanica. And, uh, like, if we didn't like a storyline, we'd be like, well, why don't we just put William Vanica in there and then it'll go away? <laughs> But we finally got it. We finally did it. Oh, I don't, thank I don't God. even remember what episode we got. Do you remember who there. played him? Uh, it was never a person. Oh, he just like, had to be mentioned. Yeah, I like, see. Like, you know, see. like it could be in a principal's announcement or whatever. I get it. Got it. Got it. Got it. it. Always happened to get cut, and then we finally got it That's in. That's really funny. Um, I wonder if he ever, like, checked back. Like, if he was like, where's my name? I should hope so. I know, right? It was a kid. I was a kid? Yeah, it was a, yeah. Oh. All right. Um, Another egg signal had gone out about PCOS. Someone was wondering if people had had non-IVF pregnancies with with PCOS. Yes, I remember that question. Okay. So this is from Ashley, who writes, I was diagnosed with PCOS as a teenager. At 29, I was a newlywed. We knew we wanted a family and anticipated a long road. We decided to get started early in our marriage. Lo and behold... One round of Clomid, and we got our first daughter. We tried for years to have another. Some things we tried. The old-fashioned way, several other rounds of Clomid, several rounds, another pill called Letrozole, Metformin, Metformin Plus, all those other drugs, injectable trigger shots, sex every day for 45 days since we had no idea when I ovulated. I tried medically supervised weight loss program, bariatric doctor, very low-calorie diet, but no surgery. Nothing worked. That was five years. We decided to take a break in June of 2019 and start IUI. In March of 2020, after a trip to Disney World that February, what insurance we had insisted we try IUI first. Our clinic then shut down for new rounds because of COVID-19. When our clinic opened again at the beginning of May, we had a virtual appointment and they insisted on another pregnancy test before we began. I hadn't had a cycle since February and a pee on a stick test in mid-April had come back negative. I did another home test and on May 1st found out I was pregnant. There's no guarantee that any pregnancy will go to term, science-assisted or not. My first science baby was carried to term. I was induced at 38 weeks and had a medicated delivery. My second spontaneous baby was delivered early at 34 weeks with an emergency C-section after my water broke and spent three weeks in the NICU. There's no rhyme or reason to any of this. Here are some things I suggest to, to folks with PCOS. First thing, have your husband tested too. If you're in a partnership with a husband... Just add, that is my editorial ad. No need for y'all to try for a spontaneous pregnancy for months without knowing your husband's reproductive health status. Vitamin D supplements. There's some research out of Europe that suggests vitamin D supplements help with oak tight, that's egg, growth and ovulation. A supplement recommended by my RE called Ovadisol. Changing your diet. My husband and I started the Daniel Fast at the beginning of lockdown in 2020. It's essentially vegan with more restrictions. <laughs> Ah. No leavened bread, no sweets or desserts, and no caffeine, ideally only water. There's a spiritual component as well, but we aren't religious. 
PCOS is not a one-size-fits-all disorder. It affects all of us differently. Do research online. Check with your doctor. Your fears won't magically go away because you're get, you get pregnant. I would also seek out a therapist specializing in infertility. As with all the people who decide who need to use assisted reproductive therapies, it's harder for us because we have to decide to get pregnant. There likely won't be any accidents or surprises, except she had a surprise. Yeah. Sometimes making the decision to move forward is the scariest step. Best wishes to the listener who wrote in and everyone else in the same boat. That is from longtime listener and Patreon supporter, Ashley Cicely. Lee. Wow. And she is in 1,200 square feet in the suburbs of Atlanta with two adults, a six and a half year old, a three month old, and half a Costco hot dog in 2021. <laughs> Didn't quite get through it. Nope. Those are big dogs. I get it. Yeah. Um, Ashley, well, first of all, congratulations on your three month old and here, your six here. and a half year old. Um, thank you for this information. This is, this is very helpful. And we did get another email about uh, PCOS that I just want to read before we take another break. Mm-hmm. This is from Anonymous. Um, I also have PCOS. I was diagnosed after the husband and I had been trying to make a kid the old fashioned way for about a year. Even though in hindsight, it was pretty obvious and I'm a little irritated no doctor ever mentioned that my complete lack of a regular period or sometimes any period probably indicated I wasn't ovulating most of the time. First, being worried about pregnancy loss is extremely fair. I'm currently pregnant with baby number two, but I've been pregnant five times, i.e. lost three pregnancies. My miscarriages all sucked, but two in particular were really rough for me and my spouse. That being said, baby number one has been the best thing I've ever done in my life. And even though I think about the pregnancies that didn't work out daily, the joy I get from my son pretty far outweighs my sadness. Second, like your doctor said, natural pregnancies are probably very possible. Even after I was diagnosed with PCOS, I was told I'd likely be able to have kids the old-fashioned way. As we'd already been trying for a year with no luck at that point, I asked for something to help with ovulation. We then did five cycles of Clomid. We got pregnant twice, but lost both of those. One was ectopic, and the second was too early to know the reason, but doctors suspected something genetic. After that, we moved to IVF and got my son. At that point, I assumed IVF was probably the only way for us to have kids. We transferred a second embryo in August 2020, hoping we could get lucky again. Unfortunately, that pregnancy was an empty gestational sac, which we were told probably meant something genetically abnormal with our embryo. We didn't pay for genetic testing on any of our embryos. Anyways, after miscarrying, I kept waiting and waiting for a period to return and it never did. Turns out we had had a spontaneous pregnancy, the first in my life. Hmm. I'm currently 21 weeks with a very wiggly second kid. All this is to say, fertility is super weird, and it's hard to say what's possible and what's not. Pregnancy loss sucks, and I understand your hesitation. My understanding is that we've lost several pregnancies, probably due to a messed up fallopian tube and some undiagnosed genetic factor, i.e. it's not just PCOS. Last, I saw a therapist for a long time because both pregnancy anxiety and actually miscarrying are really rough. If you decide to get pregnant, a therapist might be able to help you navigate the anxiety and work through pregnancy loss if you experience it, which I hope you don't. Thanks for the podcast. This is from Anonymous in 1,500 square feet in northern New Mexico. With a husband. Northern New Mexico. Yeah, northern New Mexico. A 20-month-old, a 21-week-old pregnancy, and a very energetic, wire-haired, pointing Griffon mix. That's quite a dog. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well... We're going to take another short break. All right. We'll be right back. back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. Dory just explained podcast things to me. How does that feel? Podcast math. How does that feel? That I'm explaining podcast things yes. to you? It's weird. It is. It's weird. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Spread your wings and fly. I mean, I have. Yeah, but have you done it listening to Sugar Ray? No, but you are the wind beneath my wings. Mm. Beaches. Mm. Okay. <sighs> Do you watch Beaches, Dory? I mean, yeah, I've seen Beaches many times. When was the last time you watched Beaches? Oh, years ago. Well, I feel like you should get the girls together. I mean, I zoom it up. It's so sad. And watch Beaches. Yeah, I, I guess if I was in the, if I needed a good cry, I would watch Beaches. When don't you? That's a great point. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, this next email is from Stephanie who is responding to another listener who had written in who was worried about two under two. Remember that conversation? Yes, I do. Two under two. And yep. I was like, that's crazy. It seems so hard. And my mother was like, your brother and sister were two under two. <laughs> All right. Stephanie says, first of all, you are not the asshole. I'm sorry your family and husband are making you feel like that, but it's not the case at all. I had two kids 13 months apart thanks to a failed IUD, and I'm not going to lie, it's not easy. It's also not the scariest and hardest thing in the world either. And for some things, it was really nice because you just did everything, and it's still like second nature. I will say, though, you do need help. As a mom who had two under two, I highly recommend getting a postpartum doula, especially if your partner is not the most helpful. A postpartum doula can help with all the baby things and can be there with your husband and can teach him and hopefully give him confidence to be able to do some of those baby things alone. Having a postpartum doula actually inspired me to become a postpartum doula. What? That's how much of an impact she had on my family. I know it's a financial investment, but having the support you need is extremely important and can set your entire family up better for now and the future. And if your husband isn't willing to provide physical support to you and his children, then you need to find it somewhere. I also know it can be concerning to have a new person in your house during a pandemic, but most doulas I know are putting safety protocols in their contracts. I'm wishing this listener all of the luck. From Stephanie, who is says it's me, my husband, a three and four-year-old, a baby on the way. Oh, she's going to have three under four. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law in 2,000 square feet in Seattle. Yep, that's correct. I've been in lockdown with my in-laws for a year. Oh, God. Zero hot dogs in 2021 because I find them disgusting during this pregnancy. Reasonable. <laughs> you know what I've never asked you, Dory? What? Would If going, like, if you go back in time okay. to Henry, Hen the pregnancy of Henry... Would you hire a doula again? Knowing what I know now? Yes. No. Would you, if you could travel back in time mm -hmm. and say, and go, hi, Dory, it's Dory mm -hmm. from the future. Mm -hmm. Would you say, don't hire a doula? Or would you be like, whatevs? Well, knowing me. Yes. I think I would feel like, well, I think I need to like f 
figure that out for myself. <laughs> Thanks, self. Can any... Is there any future you that could time travel and change your mind about I mean, anything? Maybe if future me told past me, like, look, you're going to have a 40-hour induction that's going to end in an emergency C-section. Yeah. You're never going to go into active labor. Yep. Your doula isn't really going to have anything to do. Yep. And you're probably, you're going to just be kind of annoyed that she's there being useless. Yes. Like even more annoyed than, yeah. you know, anything else. Yeah. And, and then I might be like, huh? <laughs> well, I need to figure that out for myself. That's what you'd say. No, then I might be like. Do you think you would have like, wait, no, what was it? We was the water when when your uh, OBGYN mm -hmm. was like, "All right, well, you guys should go to the hospital tonight." Mm -hmm. What was it that my fluid was low? That's right. Here's what I would do if I were future you. Yeah, I'd go to the past and I go, "Hey, drink a fuck ton of water before you go into that appointment," mm. and then I probably could have seen Endgame. Mm. And you could have seen Bikini Kill. Good point. Thank you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I should have drunk like a gallon of Gatorade. Like if you did, I bet you're, well, remember when your fluid was low and then. And then I drank, drank so much water. And then your fluid was fine. Yeah. I was like, I feel like it was a, it was a you thing. Not a you, not a you personally thing, but like a, your body could have been like, well, we can deal with this. Just put water in me. Yeah. I mean, she did say that like, if I wasn't at my due date and I wasn't the age that I was, she would have considered just like sending me to the hospital, like get some fluids and like seeing if that helped. Yeah. But, but I'm saying this is a pre, this is not like, no, no, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, I get what you're saying, but you know, hindsight is 2020. If I, if I'm ever hashtag blessed enough to do this again, to time travel, I mean, I'll probably have to have a C-section anyway, but I will be drinking, but don't schedule it. No, I will schedule it. Yes. I will be drinking so much water. It'll be great. You already drank a lot of water. Not as much as Henry. Henry drinks so much water. I think Henry drinks more water than most grown adults. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> because his, there are, I like, like I feel like sometimes his day consumption of water is my week. His his little cup is ten ounces, and he goes through probably like at least four a day. Don't you think? Oh, he's drinking, like, for his size, like, the fact that he's drinking well over a liter of water every day is <laughs> insane. He's basically... And his diapers show it. His, he's Tom Brady. There you go. Yep. You heard it here first. <laughs> May he be half as good at football, although I feel like he'll just go into the X Games for scootering. Yeah. I mean, he made us walk... He put his scooter in the stroller this afternoon, made us walk to the park, and then he just wanted to sit in his stroller and watch the skateboarders. <laughs> I kept being like, do you want to get out? And he was like, no. <laughs> He's like just taking mental notes. I know. It's like really cute and he also slightly scary. Everyone, like it, what's funny about him is, I mean, among many things, and I'm, it, we're very fortunate to have him, but he loves to take his, he likes to push his scooter and drag his scooter up and down stairs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because he saw some kids on a scooter or skateboarders going up and down stairs. Oh. <laughs> like jumping stairs. Right, right, and right. And that's his version of it. 
Oh. And he thinks he looks probably thinks he looks so cool doing it. That's really cute. Yeah. No, but I guarantee you that's why he does it. There's no otherwise. Why would he drag it down two stairs and then drag it up two stairs and then drag it down two stairs? I mean, he does like stairs. Yeah, I know. But he also it's funny the way he does. Like sometimes, like today, I was watching him with his scooter and uh, he's gotten really good at steering. Sure. Uh, but uh, I was watching him like sort of like hold his scooter like at an angle. I, I was watching him do that it. too. <laughs> yeah. Like he was like doing a cool <laughs> trick. Uh, I also had that thought. I was like, oh, he's trying to make it look like a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> we should get him a skateboard. I've looked into it. Uh huh. I mean, the American Pediatric Association. I mean, he'll need elbow pads. Yeah, and says knee not, pads. says like under five is not really recommended, but there are a lot of sites that are like, here's how to get a toddler on a skateboard. <laughs> and it's like, you know, knee pads, elbow pads, helmet, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, there's, it's not really like a training skateboard, but there's like all these recommendations for like the kind of skateboard to get a toddler. Well, there you go. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a skater boy. I mean, one of my friends sent me a video of this like 18 month old in Quebec snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, Henry would probably actually love snowboarding, but it's too much of a pain in the ass and too expensive of a hobby for me to get him into. Oh, the problem with snowboarding is he would love it for 10 minutes, but it took 45 minutes to get him into the snowboard outfit and and into the snowboard. Not to mention it took us five hours to drive to like Mammoth. Yeah. <laughs> also that. Like, you know. And we spent like, you know, three grand. Like <laughs> The house that we moved into last year right before the pandemic does have a small pool. And we thought Henry's going to love the pool. It's going to be great. And it takes so long to get him sunscreened and into his little wetsuit that he then spends about five minutes in there and then wants to leave. And it's like, well, this is not worth anybody's time. Well, he is going to take swimming lessons this spring. That's good because he's very attracted to the pool now. Yeah. So I think that will help. And I also think... the gate's locked, everybody. I also think I'm going to do like a rash guard and swim trunks this year instead of like the full body suit, which I think will cut down on some of the time issues. We'll see. I don't know. Um, Any... (laughs) It is funny because he'll be like, do you want to go in the pool? Yeah. Get them all in the pool. All done. Yeah, Out. he flaps his little penguin hand. Yeah. Um, all right, we got some more tips from Shelly about having two under two. Here is her advice. She also says, my husband works in another province about 10 to 14 days a month. So she was alone with the two of them. Her two oh, yeah, sons yeah. are now 24 months and 11 months. Um, feed them at the same time while the toddler is contained and busy. I breastfed. So in those early days by myself, when feeds take some time, I put an armchair in front of the high chair. Yes, it looked funny and always fed the baby while the toddler ate, whether the baby was really that hungry or not. Get a double stroller to make errands and getting around easier. It's worth it. I have the upper baby Vista and the ability to strap both in and have them contained has been worth the bigger price tag, but there are lots of cheaper options. Always, always, always try and have the baby sleep at some point during the toddler's nap slash quiet time if you can, even if this involves some juggling. Having that 10 or 60 minutes with both kids not needing something, even if you baby wear for the nap, is priceless. My routine is still to cook slash eat a lunch by myself while the kids sleep. 
get out of the house. It seems so daunting to get everyone packed, dressed, loaded up. It is 100% worth it. My second was a was born peak core. So at that time, it meant a walk, a drive where I got a coffee, and I listened to a podcast while they chilled or drive to a park where I would let the toddler, quote, explore and burn off energy while I wore the baby in a carrier. Prioritize sleep whatever that means for you, but try to work on having your toddler in a good sleep routine before the baby comes and work on getting the baby into a good routine that works for you. To the, excuse me, to the caller, you got this, you will do great. Shelly in 4,000 square feet. Ooh, it's a nice house. I mean, you need it with a toddler and a baby. It's true. In Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. No hot dogs in 2020 or 2021, but I just started eating meat this year after 20 plus years of vegetarianism. So I'm thinking of trying the Costco hot dog everyone talks about. I also ate a ton of BBQ flavored hot dogs as a child. What is a barbecue flavored hot dog? I don't know. And I don't think I care to know. Interesting. Uh, I wonder what what prompted the return to meat quarantine, I bet. I mean... That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> oh, I can't leave the house and I can't eat meat. Um, thank you for those tips, Shelly. I hope our listener finds them helpful. Um, I'm also taking mental notes on the off chance that we end up having another child. But like the Vista, I mean, how much, how long, how long will Henry be in a stroller? Well, the Vista also has an attachment that is like a balance board on the back that that he would be into. And I know a lot of people um, get that. Like Sam had it. Also, he'd just pretend to be pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. He'd want to push the stroller, probably. Um, All right. We got a voicemail. Okay. Hang on. All right. Hey, all. I just wanted to comment on the call in today from the. From the family that, you know, like the dad's kind of moved out and he doesn't feel comfortable with the kids. I mean, every once in a while, so I have a pair of 11-year-old science kids. And when they were babies, my husband and I would often do like what we call, we still do this, kind of state of the parent address, where we sit down and we figure out what's working, what's not working. And I think that would be the time to kind of talk about these issues. I love your idea, Dory, about her just leaving, because I do think that's the way you have to do it sometimes. Again, with a set of twins, we always kind of had to like – be, you know, man on man. So it was very easy. It was easier for us. I'll say that. But sometimes just had to leave the house and that was better. Um, living down on the Florida Keys, 2,900 square foot house. I've eaten no hot dogs for a while. So I had like a heart scare or thing with blood pressure and stuff. But the 11 year olds have eaten a ton. God knows. Um, and this is Rubino Kilgo. Best pronunciation of my name I've heard from a while. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Coming to us from the Keys. 2,900 square feet in the Keys. Wow. That's like most of one of the Keys. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be here all night, folks. <laughs> um, good suggestions. Thank you. All right. We got a text that said, since Henry likes the scooter, you should get him a balance bike for his birthday. My three-year-old has one he got for his second birthday, and he loves riding around on it. He has Well, one. guess what? He has one. We do need to adjust the seat, though. Uh, I've put him on it, and it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't grab him. It doesn't seem to do it for him. No. But, But whatever. the scooter didn't really do it for him for a while. Yeah. And then and all of a sudden, he was like, I'm obsessed with the scooter. I got a scooter. 
to scoot around with him. And today, the first time Henry saw it, I scooted up the driveway and down the driveway. And then Henry was violently trying to open my car door to make me put it back in the car. And I did. And then he was very happy that I put it away. So that there goes that bonding. He does love your bike, though. Uh, he just likes to look at it. Yeah. Isn't, I, isn't, whenever he sees me on it, he's like a little freaked out. Is he? I think so. Because he kept like, like when it was in the front yard, he kept pointing to it and being like, Dida. Yeah. Well, he helped me wash it. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, all right. Well. Just a couple more messages. Oh, here we go. Oh, wait, no, not not a voicemail. Sorry, oh, I just meant oh, like sorry, missives. Sorry. This is from Joanne. Um, I wanted to write in and ask Matt two questions. One, what telescope did you buy? Because my husband has a very old crappy one I want to replace for him. And two, you guys should totally watch Escape to the Country. It's a long-running British show about people leaving London to buy country houses. It's delightful. It's like a British house hunters, but with little interludes of what things happen in that episode's county. Bonus, Matt, some episodes are hosted by Alistair Appleton, former host of Cash in the Attic. Um, Also, Matt Berry was on the IT crowd. I can't believe you forgot to mention that one. He was so good. I think she's behind. So she's not heard you mention the IT crowd yet. Well, I mean, had I mentioned it until today? I don't remember. (laughs) Um, I was going to look. Let me look up the, by looking at my orders, I'm going to look up the um, telescope here. I'm going to guess it was four pages ago. When did I get the telescope? You can oh, just search your orders for telescope. That's a lot of batteries. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, there it is, January third. Uh, I got the Celest. Sorry, the Celestron. Uh, one fourteen LCM computerized Newtonian telescope. Part of the telescope for beginners. Two eyepieces, full height tripod, motorized altazimuth mount, uh, 114 uh, millimeter Newton Newtonian reflector, and I got it with the adapter to take photos with, um, which has not, I have not gotten to work yet. So there you go. Uh, and it's it's it, as far as. Your husband, if he already has those company, likes to use it, then he probably will be like, I don't know. Do I need this tele? Is it too beginnery? I don't know. But I will say, once you've aligned it and you can punch in whatever the hell you want to look at, the telescope just moves. It's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. All right. And our last email is from Ruben, who says, hey, guys, the Latinx term was recently discussed on the Ralph Report. They had a fan write in to share that in Spain, it's becoming common to just say, Latine, L-A-T-I-N-E. So the show adopted its usage, and it actually sounds pretty darn smooth. It's shorter than having to say Latina yeah. or Latina, and not as clunky as Latinx. I, I guess it's Spain's version of the U.S.'s he or she versus they debate. Just thought I'd share, Ruben. I'm into that. I wonder, if there, is there an Alexandre Vu on the... He didn't write one, on but... The e. but um, I feel like there should be. 
Latine. Latine. Spicy. Yeah. I like it. Like you. All right. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We are going to thank our Patreon supporters. Reminder, you can support us on Patreon as well. Get up to two bonus episodes per month at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you also get your name read on the podcast each month as a little thank you. That's right. And uh, big thanks to the following people. Elena Palling. I'm going to say Paling. All right. Aaron Soares. Freya. Uh, Gita Drury. Jane Ennis. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jenny Fick. Jesse Carroll. Janan H. Joanna Reinwald. Caitlin Donahue. Karen Perelman. Katie Allen. Katie Lucy. Carrie L. Kristen Anderson. Christine Kelly. Laura Bennett. Laura Madge. Lauren Schultz. Lisa Bove. Lynn, Liz Simmons. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Fass. Maria Bishop. Marina Breed. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Hi, Mom. Melanie Brownbeck. Michelle Chudzinski. Nancy Olson. Nicola Hill. Nicholas Gitmore. Nicole Mustafa. Narantha Balagopal. Rachel Kuzma. Rebecca Dowson. Rob Bean. Samantha. Shauna Mandel. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Susanna Perez. And Wendy Fick. Well, there you go. Thank you all so very much. Thank you. I'll see you in, in about a week. All right. Bye. So long. <laughs>